Is we up in this? Yeah, we up in this joint. I gotta stop. I gotta stop cursing so much at the top of the pod. You feel me? You know what? One day, one day I'm gonna make a very. It's not gonna be today's podcast, but one day I'm gonna make a very concerted effort to do a whole entire podcast clean, as if I was over the FCC airwaves and big fines were looming over my head if I dare slipped up and didn't hit the dump button. Also, this is the mark, excuse me, this is the mark of a great song, especially in hip-hop. Does it count across the board all the time? No, not necessarily. But if you can write a song with no curse words, there is a good chance that you got a jam on your hands. There's a good chance. And maybe it might, you know, have a, it might have damn in it one time. It might say damn or hell one time. Or they might completely just, because you can kind of get away with damn or hell. You can kind of get away with that. But one shit, one shit will kind of wipe out, and now you got to put the E next to it. But those are the marks. I'm telling you guys, if you can do a song with no cursing, those are the marks of a great song. Let's think about back-to-back. Drake, back-to-back. A diss song. Uh, da- uh, a damn near career-ending diss song. Not a curse word in it. It's crazy. But, uh, y'all, we back for another week's worth of Wildin', and let's get right on into it. <laughs> Episode 172. You know how long this business I listen to Bob. Yeah. Y'all better stop playing yeah. with me. You know that shit, that shit. They're both from Virginia. I'm fighting for you, Jack. <laughs>
Stop tripping on me, man. One and only favorite Wody Jacka Jack, just another nigga with no bitches and an opinion, and I've been wildin' for respect. Oh, for sure. Cool beans. Um, what is going on, everybody? It is your one and only favorite Wody. You see it right there, Jacka Chalk. Back for another week's worth of wildin'. This is the Wildin' for Respect podcast. No cap. I mean, you no hear cap. what I'm saying? It's your one and only favorite one. <laughs> Episode 172. I am so glad to be here. Uh, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wait much longer. We're going to get right on into it. Guys, I was listening the song of the week. I you can't even imagine how how excited I am to end this podcast. I don't know if this is going to be a short podcast. I don't know if it's going to be a long one. If I'm being honest with you, I'll go ahead and lie to you and say it's going to be a short one because we know when I say that is usually a lie and I feel like my camera's going to die on me. Even though I don't have a lot of topics, but some of the topics that I do have, I'm probably going to spend a little time on them. I say that to say, I can't wait for this podcast to end just so I can listen to the song of the week. And when listening to the song of the week, 
it made me think about something that's really missing. It's essential within the culture. It's essential within it. I feel like society needs it. Society has missed it. And because of that, we're all suffering. We're all suffering within relationships, just the arguments and back and forth between men and women is at an all-time high, and I really believe it's for one simple reason. Dirty Mackin in R&B is no longer truly a thing. Man, when Dirty Mackin was in R&B, and it was just great. R&B was so soulful. It was so honest. It felt, it seemed. I was a kid, but how? why would I not love it? How could I not love it? It's so much emotion. You know how much emotion you got to have to be a dirty maggot ass nigga? To be a hating ass nigga, you really got to be in your feelings. And then to be able to convey it with such charisma such confidence man you got to be emotional oh you got to be in your feelings dog and i really feel like we need that so i just wanted to go through some of my some of my top dirty macking songs here's one dating all the way back to 1999 Think about that. That's how real the Dirty Mackin' is, guys. That's how real it was. It was so real that that folk had to acknowledge it off the back of a song, like off right out the gate. Guys, I paused this song at one second. But that's just because it's on iTunes. In all actuality, it might be 0.9. I don't even think we got to a full second and it had to, the record had to reflect. I'm not no hater, but you are, bro. You are. And we need it. We need niggas to be haters, man. Everybody needs haters. Why you think everybody be so famous and stuff like that on Instagram and social media? What what do you think? What do you think circulates? It's hate. It's the hate that we really connect to. It's the hate that we want. That's what it is. Who was it that was just on? They was talking about uh Jay-Z told him was trying to give him some advice. Damn, I can't remember who the artist was at right now. It's slipping my mind. But Hove told him. If maybe I maybe I'm paraphrasing on this one of like man, if if folk go to a Chinese store to to a Chinese restaurant, that's what they want. Chinese food. Give the people what they want. Give us what we want. We want some dirty mag. We want that hater shit. But let me go ahead and get into the record. I ain't no hate or nothing. 
It wasn't even a second. Like I can. Trust me. You fitting to hate on a you fitting to hate on a nigga. You fitting to hate on a nigga so hard. And you got the whole crowd. Ooh. 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 Like we say, oh, uh, I know this ain't right. I know it ain't right. I should not be doing this. That man is just a man. He is just a man same as me i i shouldn't be doing all this no i'm wrong damn bro but he's trying to prolong the hate we 20-some seconds in, and you still giving us ooh-oohs. But, 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 I guess, you know, again, before we even got to the ooh-oohs, he, I ain't no hater. He know deep down, that's why he prolonging it. He, he don't want to do it because he know he wrong. He know he wrong. But in life, in this world that we live in, boy, when I mean to tell you, it, there very much, there very is, uh, there very much is a thing called necessary evil. It's needed. Get into the record, man. Quit playing. We are 30 seconds in, and we ain't heard. As the clock strikes 12, I'm sitting here wondering how the hell did I live. type of dirty macking it ain't the worst in the world because he really just trying to get his bitch back that's real like you know what i'm saying and if he know if he know he really the one then he like really i got every right to dirty mac bro because she not finna leave me and then, like, you really about to be the love. Like, you not the love of her life. That's the reason why I'm making this song. If I knew that you was, like, the love of her life and I probably wasn't, I wouldn't be making this song. But we all know how that go. Just like men, just like we had that 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 one chick that was like, man, like, that was my dog. Like, I, I really was rocking with her. You know what I'm saying? And if she hit me up now, who knows? I, I still might go ahead and lay it down on her. That's same with a woman. You know how that's same with women? But women, they'll uproot, though. Nigga come back in their life from 10 years ago. If, if that was the nigga, if he was that nigga, boy, you might get a song like this. I'm just trying to get an understanding of what you do.
that's great. But we got to be honest. The great thing about Dirty Mackin' was it wasn't just exclusively men. Some of the best, one of, for sure, one of the greatest Dirty Mackin' songs of all time comes from the Queen Bee. Not even, or maybe not the Queen Bee. Maybe that, maybe that, that title is, is reserved for Beyonce. I don't know what we call MJB, but we know the song. Imagine how good that feel as a man, bro. I've never had that happen to me before. I don't think. Have I ever had that happen to me before? I want. I would say with my last ex, when I when when we had broke up, she was she was also she was also jagged ass type shit, trying to get a nigga back, but. It was more jagged edge. She wasn't coming at it from the from the Mary J. Blige standpoint. So I can't say I never had. I, I ain't really have that feeling. Imagine that, man. Imagine that. Imagine that. What that feel like as a man to have a woman just come and tell you, "Yo, that little that little bow legged ass hoe that you with, wig always on crooked." Just started getting some money, so she's trying to do a silk press, but she ain't found the right she ain't found the right fucking uh beautician yet. She'll never she can't You know you you know I know how you like it. You know I know you a freaky ass nigga. You know I know that about you. And what's even better look and what and what's even better about it is, not only do you know I know that about you, I've been holding it down. Now I've been holding it down, and I'm always gonna hold it down. You know, I, you know, you know, I, you know, I know, you know, I know how you like to cock your legs up a little bit and shit like that. I'm gonna, I don't even try. I'm, I'm gonna hold it down. I'm just simply saying. No fear. I'm gonna hold it down, you little freak ass boy. Cause I will never ever hurt you. And you know my love is real, boy. I can a great one. A great no. Now this, now this dirty Mackin' song right here. This one right here, Nick. This one right here, Nick. Is probably one of my personal favorites. I feel like it, 
even though most of these are always heard growing up, but this was an album cut. This was a deep cut. See, most of the Dirty Mackin' songs was radio hits. Them shits was smashes. We were promoting being a fuck nigga to the culture. But it made for the best music. So it was cool. But not this one. This was a deep album cut. And boy, when I mean to tell you this shit was flagrant. This shit was flagrant. Oh my God. He said that you were crazy. Just imagine what type nigga you got to be. To go to a, like who, as a man, who do that? I couldn't even imagine what that's like, bro. I, I seriously could not even imagine what that would be like as a man to go back to a woman and tell her about some shit that another nigga said. <laughs> on this, especially on this type of level. I couldn't even imagine doing that to another nigga. Going to another nigga, telling tell another nigga about what another nigga said. Cause he just, he just said it to me. Why the fuck he telling me? Why? So if he told me, what the fuck I'm gonna go tell you for? Again, now everything is circumstantial. It could be just some wild like nigga, nah, nigga. You need to know this. Oh, but you know, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. These these one twelve niggas is sick. These niggas is sickos. This is the type of shit they was putting in my head in fourth grade in elementary school. I was way too young to be listening to music like this. Said that you were losing your mind. Nigga said you was crazy. That's normal shit. That's what I'm saying, bro. These niggas to say shit like, bro, he just a man. Y'all going back talking to women about a man that's just a man. What nigga ain't said this bitch went crazy? My my homie just told me. He just told me this week. That his girl is getting on his nerves. She crazy. They go. They they good. He just told me that. Did he just posted about how? About how much he love her. They gonna be good. He he just said that in passing. This I'm trying to figure out the dynamic between a relationship of who this nigga Slim or Mike. Whoever, I can't remember I can't remember all the, the artist's name to 112 because this 112 Part 3 album was really my shit. I'm trying to figure out the dynamic. Like, is this the homie? Like, how'd you, how, how'd you even get this information? Why did bro tell you this? Like, you must be the homie. That's really some white nigga shit that they doing right now. They dirty macking like white niggas. See, and that's the difference. See, you know... In my opinion, men, the, the difference between men and women, a man, for the most part, but when you listen to shit like this, it's almost like, well, Don, how the fuck can you even argue it? But I'm still going to do it. Men, for the most part, for the most part, we don't want your hoe. We just want to drop leg, cock it like a pistol and blow in that bitch. Then you can put her back in your own holster. I'm cool. Don't need the bitch on my hip. Put her back on yours. 
Now, what I will say is, I do believe white niggas don't move by that code. I don't think white niggas just want to fuck you, bitch. I think white niggas be wanting to take you, bitch. I didn't seen it. They move a little different. I think black folk, we just trying to, you know what I'm saying, just on some goofy-ass, ignorant, ego-type shit, just wanting to feel like we just got one up, all your bitch chose me, like this and that. You know what I'm saying? Low-key disrespecting her all in the same because it's like, look at you, you crusty hoe. You know, good and got like, you going to risk it for what? You know I don't want you. You know I just want to dick you down. I'm finna shit on both of you. Shit on your nigga and shit on you because you know I ain't. White niggas is trying to save them. Women, I don't know if women stick to just wanting to. Women want your nigga. Mary, he, she can't love you. Like, she ain't say he, she can't fuck you. She can't. No, she said she can't love you. Like, they want your nigga. You a good man. You providing. You got money. Nice house. Seeing her dripped out and all this and that. Y'all going on vacation. That's why, Again, that's why shit fucked up out here now. Because social media is showing all these different relationships. Shit looking fun. Shit looking fun. And bitches be looking at you and like, damn, our shit ain't really comparing to how they doing. If I could, I would much rather have her nigga over mine. I'd much rather have him. That could have been valid too. Maybe this woman, to him, to the to the other guy's perspective, maybe it was just a simple, hey, well, mama just, she be talking out her neck too much, talking to me crazy, keeping, she just don't know how to, she just, sometimes she can just be a little mean. Again, that is a man. These niggas out here running back to a woman talking about a man that's just a man. He just a man. He just a man. But baby, you do me just fine. Simp ass nigga. Settling. Taking it. Every time he comes around, he tells me how you did him wrong. Telling me you broke his heart. Is that not valid? Maybe she was a grimy bitch. Maybe she really did the nigga dirty. But I don't really give a damn about what he said. She... <sighs> that nigga in love. That's how you know that was really his homie. He been plotting and watching the whole time. He been wanting little mama out the gate. Out the gate. Matter of fact, they both probably was pursuing her at the same time. Both seen him in the club. Both seen her in the club. And the best man won. And now here this nigga go, running up behind, trying to you him. Check this out.
Now to this next one, because as I stated before, we can't think that these white niggas ain't out here on that. I don't know how they move on they dirty Mac. I don't know exactly how they, what their verbiage and shit like that go, but I know when they, they going for the gusto. White men are going for the gusto. That's what I do know. So it's time to put in some white representation around this, John. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you. He's a friend of mine. Yes, yes, am. And he goes by the name. I gotta, you know I gotta stand up for this. <laughs> Justin. This is a number one. This might be, I don't know if this is number one. It's top three on the Dirty Mac. songs you know what's so crazy about dirty magging what's so crazy these songs was so good we used to slow dance to these shits man we had slow dance to a dirty magging ass song bro you and your woman the one that you love and then the one that love you ain't nothing coming between y'all two we slow dancing to dirty magging Cause that shit feel like love. Or are we really in our head thinking about our last job? I don't know. Even though I know I treat you better than he can. Girl, I can't help but wait till you get back with him. It don't change. Can't help but wait till you see that with me 
And speaking of waiting, hey, even the most legends of legends had to get their shit off here and there. Even the most legends of legends could relate to Trey waiting. Man, ain't nobody trying to wait. Ain't nobody trying to keep waiting, baby. Don't you see? Even the legends had to get it off. Even the legends. Yeah, man. Why go with you? What do you say? Why you going with that? With that pussy blood hot boy? Niggas is following their hearts. Niggas ain't thinking with logic. Niggas ain't thinking about how easy it is to die behind a woman. You over here playing with another nigga woman. Like they won't put some hot shit off in your ass, boy. You ain't thinking about none of that. You just listening to your heart. Follow through, Bob. Follow through. This nigga Bob was crazy. He was dirty magging and he was just acknowledging that Mans was way down on the friend zone. Said, I'm way down on your line. You already got a nigga. And you got your backup, nigga. I'm like fourth on the list. I'm like fourth on the list. Bitch, when you gonna get down to me? Stop running through all these. You running through niggas. Stop being a hoe. You running through niggas. Running through niggas just to get to me. Just come on over. But the waiting feel is fine. So don't treat me like a puppet on a string. But my nigga Bob had to let her know. I know how to do my thing. Don't think. I, I want you. This was the kind of dirty macking you had to respect. Cause my nigga was keeping it a hundred. He was being sensitive. He was being vulnerable. But like Trey Songs tried to establish, tried to communicate, tried to relay a message of being a G. It ain't come across like that. When Bob said it though, it sounded like nah. She know, though, like, she, yeah, she know I want her, but she also know, bitch, don't wait too long because you know how I get down. You know I got the best Chiba. You know I'm a light-skinned nigga in Jamaica. I'm really having it out here. Let's rewind that just a few bars back. Cause I know how to do my thing. Like, why are you trying to 
don't do that. Don't don't take my kindness for weakness. You yes, I fuck with you, but don't just be trying to. No, we not doing none of that, baby. We not doing none of that. Just come fuck with me. All the extra shit we don't need it. Just come fuck with me. I wanna know when you're gonna come. Just come fuck with me. I don't wanna wait in vain for I'm not waiting for nothing. I, I ain't waiting for nothing. I need to know what's up. Is you coming or not? There's a couple more songs on here I could play, but it's about time to move along just just for a quick second. But if there's one Dirty Mackin song that was hated on the most, and and when I think about it, it's a little unfair that this song was hated on so much because you got to understand the time in the age of this person, the era in which they grew up in, he really was ta- he was really restoring the feeling. That's why you really got to respect it. Bro was really just restoring the feeling, but we hadn't had that in so long. Hold on, I got to, you feel me? We hadn't had that in so long that it just, it felt a little foreign to us. It felt a little... Nah, we can't be, we not respecting that. That's kind of how, but the truth of the matter is, like I said, this this is really what we come from. And that's why the song hit so hard. That's why niggas was really hating so hard. I was even hating. I, well, I ain't gonna say I was hating. I just thought the song was kind of whatever, but shit is a classic. I'm fighting for you, Jack. I'm fighting for you, Jack. Hey, you hear what I'm saying? It's your one and only favorite word. No cap. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Disgusting. Cups of the rose. Bitches in my old phone. Put your lighters up. I should call one and Put go. Put your lighters up. I've been in this club too long. The woman that I would try is happy with a good guy. But I've been drinking so much that I'ma call her anyway and say, Fuck that nigga that you love so bad. I know you still think about the times we had. I say, I think that that was a very 
spent 41 minutes on that. Like I told you guys, I had a handful of topics, but some of them I felt like I might be at for a little bit. I think that was a pretty good deep dive. Just a good refresher. 40-minute refresher, 30-minute refresher of how prominent, how essential certain things in life are needed in order to be great. Niggas ain't loving no more. Niggas getting on the R&B talking about doing too much fucking and just being, shout out my nigga Brent. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Brent because he really, he do it right. Just being that slimy ass nigga. He do it right. The He, he fit the lane. He worked the mold perfect. But we don't need everybody to be a Brent. We don't need everybody trying to be a, a fucking P&D with the Savage Anthem. We don't need everybody trying to be Mr. Still Your Girl with Trey Songs. Usher, he too old, but he's still that nigga, even though he just got married, talking about something. But, you know, leave that moniker alone, Mr. Don't Leave Your Girl Around Me. True player for real. Ask my boy. You feel me, dog? Yeah, nah, we got to get back to niggas begging about the bitch. We got to get back to niggas just out here crying. Howling, suffering, just being a whole suck ass nigga about the hoe. Y'all want me to bring it back? I'll bring that shit back. I promise you. I'll bring that shit back. I'll drop, I'll drop goddamn uh whatever that song is I got in my phone. I'll drop that hoe. I'm rapping, but I'll drop that bitch. But all right, guys, anyways. You better rap that gavel up, B. Our next topic is going to be about the top 100. I'm not going to go through all 100, but we will skim through it. Uh, And I really think the list is like 400 or some shit like that, which I almost do want to go through the whole entire list. I'm not going to go through the whole entire list, but I almost want to go through the whole entire list just to see if Jackie Brown is on the list because I believe that Jackie Brown should be on the list as one of the best black films. Do black films only count if it is a black director? Or an all-black cast? Everybody, extras included. The only white person that can be in the movie is Gary Owens. Maybe Vince Vaughn. Outside of that, does it not count as a black movie if there's other white people in the movie? Jackie Brown, I don't care if it was directed by Quentin Tarantino and Robert De Niro is starring in the movie and a couple of the white dudes got some prominent roles. That is a black-ass movie with Pam Greer, Samuel Jackson's black ass and Chris Tucker. The feel of that movie is very much black. People need to stop disrespecting Jackie Brown as it being just another Quentin Tarantino flick. Because I know the Quentin Tarantino fans, which are predominantly white, aren't putting respect on Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is just a great Tarantino film that's lost in the ether. It's just floating around in the Matrix. 
bounce it all around off the fucking paradigm. Nah, it needs to be on the list. But for the moment, these are on the list, and I would like to know if you agree or disagree. Right now, we're going to go through the top 10. Number one, do I have a drum roll? Actually, we'll start from number 10. We'll start from 10, actually. Number 10, released in 1989, directed by Eddie Murphy. It is going to be Harlem Nights. I don't even know if I've ever seen Harlem Nights before. I don't think I have. I know for a fact that that movie was in my movie collection growing up. I know that for a fact. Uh, but no, I have. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I have not seen that movie. But the same way people say that Illmatic and Nas was a great rapper. What are we doing? Uh, that Nas was a great rapper. If folks want to say that, I'll take it. So if Harlem Nights is top 10, I'll take it. Number Whoa, where are we going? Where are we going? Where number 9 at? Number 9. Released in 1993. Directed by Alan and Albert Hughes. Starring Tyron Turner, Jada Pinkett Smith, Vontae Sweet. It is going to be Menace to Society. I think I've seen Menace to Society once. I think. I haven't seen it enough to remember it. I just remember Kane in that 5.0 thing. Number eight, I know for a fact. I have not seen this movie. Released in 1989, I will Google the director because the name is unfamiliar to me, just like the other ones, but for whatever reason, because they were two of them, I assumed they was brothers. I think this nigga could be white, and he is, which means that Jackie Brown should be on this damn list. And it should be high. And I've went through this list before. I think I went through the top 100, and I did not see it on there. That is a travesty. That is a mistake. Niggas is tripping. Number eight is Lean On Me, starring Morgan Freeman. Number seven, released in 1999. Oh, my God. I actually... Just referenced this movie two episodes ago. Actually, was the title Alicia Let's Go, directed by Rick Famue, starring Omar Epps, Tay Diggs, and Richard T. Jones. Man, give it up for the motherfucking. <laughs> Baby!
The Wood being a top 10 black film, I don't care where it's at. It's on the list. But when I say that, I'm really meaning it's on the list for top 10. If it was 10, I wouldn't be mad. If it was number two, I wouldn't be mad. But I can't give it the number one spot. We all know what the number one spot is. But The Wood is just... I just want to... Matter of fact, I'm going to actually read this one. The Wood, a heartwarming film released in 1999, is a nostalgic journey through the lives of three close friends in Inglewood, California. It skillfully blends humor and emotion in capturing the essence of growing up and enduring the bonds of friendship. Their narrative inter... Uh, interspersed never seen that word before the narrative interspersed with flashbacks offers a relatable and authentic portrayal of the adolescent experience particularly within the african-american community this film stands out as one of the best black movies due to its genuine depiction of black youth and culture its ability to resonate with audience showcasing relatable characters and experiences makes the wood a memorable and significant contribution to african-american cinema that it is that it is is ranked number 74 on the best period movie set in the 80s is ranked number 28 of 76 on 80 plus great movies about black teens. It's ranked number seven of 79 on the 75 best, which these, these numbers are a little, you feel me? The 75 best black romance movies. The Wood is, The Wood is really one of my movies, man. Uh, I can really speak on this movie all day. It was just so funny. So many one-liners. Suck, never chew. Heard you can't keep your motherfucking hands to yourself. Because <laughs> I'm a bitch. What do you say? Because I'm a punk. Because I'm a punk. <laughs> I'm going to make her booty jiggle, dude. The wood was so great. And the reason why I related so much to me it's because of the character Big Mike. Big Mike was such a great character, but he hit hard for me because he was from North Carolina. I'm from Virginia. It's close enough. I can imagine what that's like being the country-ass nigga from the East Coast moving to fucking California. I can imagine what that's like. And really being in the shit, like you really grew up. It was different. I went out there, and I'm just, I'm an adult now. You know what I'm saying? But that shit still always resonated with me, though, of, like, just thinking about that, like, damn, man. Like, the wood, the wood, weed, and Young the Giant, self-titled album, Young the Giant, those are three standout reasons, three standout reasons of why I've always wanted to go to L.A. Yes, The Wood is ranked number seven, and I don't argue that at all. Number 16. 16. Number six. Directed by Barry Jenkins. It's going to be Moonlight. How do y'all feel about Moonlight? 
I thought Moonlight was pretty good. We'll read this summary too. Moonlight is profoundly is a profoundly moving film that delves into the complexities of identity, family, and sexuality. Set in Miami, it follows the life of Chiron, a young black man, through three defining chapters of his life. Each segment presents a different stage. Childhood, adolescence, and early adult life. Showcasing his struggles and growth amidst a backdrop of rough neighborhood and challenging family dynamics. The film's narrative is both intimate and universal, weaving a rich, emotional tapestry that resonates deeply with its audience. I had a pretty dope bar uh, referencing Moonlight. Uh, It was on my song, Big 20, uh, moonlight there we go moonlight floating through that water like a body died port side yeah I'm fresh to death yeah they call me Jack that was for me that was just that was just a phenomenal bar because it was a double entendre moonlight floating through that water like a body died the poster for moonlight was bro holding the kid in the water, floating, but the movie is called Moonlight, but also Moonlight floating through that water like a body died, yeah, they call me Jack, the Titanic. The Titanic was depicted to be under a full moon. It was bright as could be. We could see everybody out there. Moonlight floating through that water like a body died. Oh, my God, Jack. Oh, my God. If you haven't heard the song yet, Big by, by Jack Haynes, Big 20. When I mean to tell you I went crazy on that shit, I really snapped off. Uh, what elevates Moonlight as one of the best black movies of all time is its groundbreaking portrayal of black masculinity and vulnerability. It shatters stereotypes, offering a nuanced and empathetic view of the black experience. The film's exquisite cinematography, coupled with its powerful performance, especially by Marshala, what's bro's name? Marshala, Marshala Ali, creates an immersive and poignant experience. Moonlight not only won Academy Award for Best Picture, but also became a cultural landmark redefining the landscape of black cinema with its authenticity and profound emotional depth. Big hand claps for Moonlight. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. Haven't seen it in a while, but it was a good movie. Another great one. Released in 2000. We got to get back to black movies. I feel like black movies don't be coming out. They they don't, I don't know what it is, what's going on in Hollywood right now, but black movies ain't, they not hitting with the clip that they once did. Black movies was coming out like crazy in the 90s and early 2000s. At least that's what it felt like. I don't know if it felt like that anymore. Even though you can get on Netflix and just like hit whatever it's called, black movies. Uh, shit for niggas right here 
But I don't know if them shits really be, I don't know if they be hitting the way they once felt like they be hitting, though. You know what I'm saying? Directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, Bithwood, whatever you want to call it, starring Sanaa Lathan, Omar Epps, and Alfred Woodford. Loving Basketball, what a great one. I will love you anyway, even if you cannot stay. Come on, man. You're not going to tell me when you think of Loving Basketball, you don't think about that song. Uh, That was a really great movie, too. A great film. Yes, it's it's amazing. It does that. That is a top five. That's a top five. That is a top five black film for sure. That's a top five black black movie for sure. I will read through this one as well. Love and Basketball is a captivating film that intertwines the theme of love in sports in a unique and heartfelt way. It follows the journey of two aspiring basketball players, Quincy and Monica. As they navigate their shared passion, involving relation, evolving relationship and personal ambitions. The film is celebrated for its authentic portrayal of the African-American experience, particularly in the context of sports and romance. Its significance as one of the best black movies of all time lies in its ability to resonate deeply with the audience, offering a narrative that is both relatable and inspiring while breaking stereotypes and enriching black cinema. These whoever keep writing these shits, you know they white niggas. How many times are I gonna talk about resonating with the audience? Nigga, we know that. Say something else. We five, six movies in. Y'all keep talking about resonating with the audience. Talk about being relatable. Duh! They niggas. We relate. Goofy ass motherfuckers. Number four. Juice, released in 1992, directed by Ernest R. Dickerson. Let's see if this is a black man. Let's see if he is a black man. He looks hmm, black enough, I guess. Uh, great movie. Great movie, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to read it again because, once again... Here we are talking about, I'll, maybe I'll just read the top half because the bottom half is the same shit over and over again about portraying. So I'll read the top half. Juice, released in 1992, is a gripping and visceral urban drama that delves into the lives of four Harlem teens. Harlem World, what up? The film directed by Ernest R. Dickinson is renowned for its authentic portrayal of the challenges faced by African-American youth in urban settings. It stars Tupac Shakur, in a standout performance that it was that it was showing his multifaceted talent as an actor and rapper the narrative revolves around the themes of friendship loyalty and the desperate quest for respect power in a society that often overlooks the marginalized number three directed by brian gibson starring angela bassett lawrence fishburne and vanessa bell calloway What's love got to do with it? I don't think I've seen what's love got to do with it. 
really I probably have seen it. See, that's what I'm when I say I probably when I say I don't think I've seen something, nine times out of ten, I probably have seen it, but I really only seen it once. And it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know it. I don't know it. Like, I didn't seen it, but I wasn't really paying. I ain't no telling, but I've seen it. Uh, I guess this is number three. I don't know. Uh, number two. Now, this is one that I'm really kind of, I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy this being number two. I think you guys might be surprised too when you hear that this is number two. But as soon as I say to the director, you're going to know exactly what it is. Released in 2017, directed by Jordan Peele. Is Get Out really the second best black film ever? Is it? Get Out's not the second best black movie ever, is it? And, and, and this is why, once again, I'd be wondering, like, what what really consists of a black movie because and i'm gonna go through the list a little more out of the top 10 just to scroll through some shit but i'm curious is rush hour not rush hour couldn't be number two maybe it didn't deserve to be number two but get out number two seriously I don't know about that one. Yeah, this sun's doing a lot of moving, and it's really kind of throwing me off right now. It's hiding behind the clouds. I wish it would just stay where it's supposed to be so I don't have to get all these stripes and stuff on my face. Uh, shit crazy. Uh, holy mackerel money. That is too dark. I'm sorry, guys. I, I I do apologize for that. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, number th- it can't be number two. It can't be number two. I got to I got to shut my blinds, guys. I, I, I'm ruining the podcast right now. <coughs> Bless me. Um, yeah, number two. I don't know if that's Get Out. It's great. It's a great, obviously an amazing film, but. I don't know if I'm buying. I don't know if I'm buying number two. Directed by Jordan Peele is a groundbreaking horror film that masterfully blends social commentary with suspense. It follows Chris, a young black man, as he uncovers disturbing secrets at his white girlfriend's family estate. The film is lauded for its sharp critique of radical dynamics and liberal racism in America. Its brilliance lies in how it uses the horror genre to highlight the real life horrors of racism, making it a significant cultural and cinema and cinematic milestone the innovative approach combined with this critical and commercial success cements get out as one of the best black movies of all time maybe that is true because the shit did do numbers bitch went platinum in the streets ain't even ain't just go platinum in the hood this shit went platinum in the streets for sure for sure so maybe yeah yeah, maybe it is number two. And number one, we already know what it was. Released in 1995, directed by F. Gary Gray, starring your one and only Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, and Nia Flippin' Long. No, no, 
It is Friday. Friday is a renowned comedy film that has a left that. Oh, my God. Let me start that over. Friday is a renowned comedy film that has left a significant mark in the realm of teen movies. Though it's important to note that it's not primarily a romance film directed by F. Gary Gray. It stars Ice Cube and Chris Tucker in roles that have become iconic in pop culture. The film's narrative revolves around a day in the life of two friends, Craig and Smokey, in South Central Los Angeles, blending humor with a slice of life perspective. The film, the film's strengths lies in its authentic portrayal of urban life, coupled with comedic script that resonates with a broad audience. Its humor is grounded in reality of characters lives making it relatable and engaging the chemistry between ice cube and chris tucker is a highlight providing endless entertainment and memorable moments suck ass niggas man friday has earned his status as one of the most popular black movies due to its cultural impact and representation it offers a unique blend of comedy and social commentary reflecting experiences and challenges within the African-American community. This authenticity, combined with its universal appeal, has cemented Friday as a significant film in American cinema, particularly with the black community. And you know this, man. Shout out white people for sometimes just being cool and clever because they know that needed to be there. That was a good way to end it. Yes, Friday is number one. It deserves to be number one. I It would be so... Guys, imagine that. Just try to imagine what movie would come out be, that we could all generally say has taken over Friday for the number one spot. What movie is that? I would love to know. Imagine what movie that would be. You know how good that movie would have to be? I feel like it would have to be funny, too. Like, it couldn't just be a bomb-ass, like, again, like, Get Out or, like, a Black Panther. Like, I feel like it's got to be, it would have to be funny. It would have to be funny. I just couldn't imagine, man. It's very hard for me to imagine what that movie would be like. What movie that might be that would be better than uh, Friday. But, all right, guys, let's go through a little bit more of this list before I uh, skedaddle on out of this topic. Number 11, Poetic Justice. Number 12, Black Panther. Number 13, John Q. Number 14, Life. Number 15, Set It Off. Number 16, The Best Man. 17, New Jack City, Waiting to Exhale is 18, Soul Food, number 19, honorable mention for sure. Bad Boys, number 20, American Gangster, 21, Baby Boy, 22, The Color Purple, 23, Coach Carter, 24, and The Five Heartbeats at 25. 
that is a good way to round out the top 25. That is a great way to round out the top 25. And, yeah, I, I'm very happy with that. Let me see if there's any more notable ones. Well, as a matter of fact, how old were y'all when y'all first seen Friday? Me and the homies was talking the other day, me, Noonie, and, uh, me, Noonie and, and, and Wheezy. And uh, we were just talking about movies and this and that shit and whatnot. And, and Wheezy was just telling us how, like, he didn't see Friday until he was an adult. He didn't see Friday, I think, until he until he got into the military or some shit like that. Uh, and I just thought that was crazy. Like I was, I was like, "What? Like that's wild as shit." Now he was saying like his parents just like weren't movie heads uh, or anything like that. And I was like, "See, and that's the deal. Like my parents was they kept movies at the crib. My stepmom kept a gang. Of, she had a gang of movies. Uh, and then my dad, he would." Every damn near every week when he'd get off work, he would go to Walmart and just cop like two or three new DVDs. Like he just we just kept movies, bro. We we were huge movie buffs uh growing up. But uh I can remember being young, because again, Friday came out in 95. So I can remember being like little as shit, five, six years old, some shit like that. My favorite movie at the time, shit, it came out in 95. So really I was like four and five. Uh, and um, and my favorite movie was flipping the Little Rascals. Oh my God, I loved that movie. That was just like I loved that movie. I watched it so much that I knew the whole thing word for word, and it annoyed my dad so much that he hid the movie from me. And it's so crazy thinking about it back then because like I really thought that I lost that. Like I just couldn't. I was like, Yo, where did it go? Like I literally just had it. I literally just had this movie. Where the hell did it go? And my dad hid that shit from me because he got tired of hearing me recite the movie because I knew it word for word. But in the same breath, the movie I want to watch is right here. The movie you don't want me to watch is literally right beside it. How are you going to take the one thing that I'm content with you're going to take the one thing that's that I'm content with, but then not give me no other options. Not going to make me read a book. You're not going to really be all on my ass about going outside because, well, I'm only four and five and six years old. So, like, you're really not going to be on me too much about, like, that. That don't really come around until you're more of, like, eight, nine, and ten. I'm like, man, really, like, get your ass out the house. Bruh, of course I'm a, I was going to watch Friday. I was watching Friday at like four and five years old. <laughs> but I didn't get it though. But it was funny when I got older and was rewatching it just over just because, you know, Friday's just a real. I can watch Friday today. Like, it's Friday. But it's just funny to think, like, oh, like, I'm getting shit now. Like, stuff that I just, that I just was not getting whatsoever being so young. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I get it now. So it's almost kind of funny of, like, parents telling kids, like, oh, you don't need to be watching that. I get it because, like, you shouldn't want to watch it, and we do pick up things. But we're really but we're really just picking it up. Like, we can watch it and, for the most part, be cool because we're just too young to even grasp what's really going on. The only thing we're really going to pick up is, like, bad words. That's about it. 
and then just saying things that y'all know the meaning to, an adult knows the meaning to, but we don't know the meaning to, so we're just going to be saying it, you know. Oh, so, yeah. What else? What else is paid in full at number 29? Malcolm X at 31. Next Friday is at 32. Is there anything else? Let's let's go deeper into the list. Let's go. Let's see what number 50 is. Number 50, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Number 54, Original Kings of Comedy. That probably could be a little higher because it's the Original Kings of Comedy. And that's heavy in the black community. But I understand. It's not a movie, so for sure. Um, let's see. Let's just see what else is. Let's see what's going on. Uh, Stomp the Yard at 72. We're not mad at that. Anybody? Major Payne at 74. We like that. Top 75. Top 75 black movies of all time. That is an amazing black movie. I love Major Payne. That shit is still. I haven't seen Major Payne in so long, but niggas know that shit is so funny, bro. That shit is hilarious. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. Uh, and coming in at number 75 is Drumline. And what comes in, let's go with, let's see what comes in at number 90. Hidden Figures, not mad at that. Uh, 89, he got game. I can remember going to see that with my mom's roommate uh, growing up. My mom had a had a dude roommate. I think he was like a Jamaican nigga. And he took me and his son to go see that. This was in, what year did that movie drop? 98? 98. So I was seven years old. Uh, he took us to the movies to go see that shit. And I remember seeing those titties and just thinking that was cool. Um, let's see what's number 100. Number 100 is going to be The Preacher's Wife, starring Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. I think I do remember that movie. Came out in 96. Uh, is my, ah, my camera's about to die and I really want to get into this next subject, but my camera's about to die. So maybe I will save it. Actually, I will not save it. I will quickly get into it. Guys, I done fell in love with the strip club. After I record this podcast, I might go back to the strip club tonight. I might go back to it called Chica's Locus. It's right around the corner. What I've realized where I live at in Houston, I'm... It's low-key, perfect location. I'm sure there's better location, but it's prime location. I live near Mad Strip Club. Strip Club ain't nothing but 10 minutes up the street. It's an all-Latin, Latina strip club. Mostly, damn near every bitch in that joint was Cuban. So I'm in there talking, getting dances. They I'm asking, I'm like, where, where y'all from? Where you from? Oh, I'm from Cuba. Oh, Nigga, I done been to Cuba, so now I'm asking what part. I only know two places, La Habana and Veradero. Shorty tell me she from she, she from Havana. I'm asking her, what, what's your favorite club in Havana? She going to tell me hers, and you know what I say? Johnny's. And you know what the bitches do? You know Johnny's? I know Johnny's. I know the Art Del Fresco. I know LM. I know it, baby. Yeah. Shout out my girl, Shiki. Man, when I, I dropped about 60. I dropped about 60 on Shiki last night in dances. And it's crazy because, like that nigga Charleston White said, sometimes you got to let a bitch, bitch, you don't know how to play on the money. You don't know how to conversate. A lot of the hoes was coming up mad aggressive, this and that shit, asking for dance. That's really a hit or miss. 
I might say yeah just for the simple fact, but a lot of times, nah, baby, I'm cool in the dances right now, all up in my face. Shiki, I'm sitting down. It just so happened to be a couple chairs next to me. She ain't feel like walking in, whatever the case. Anybody sitting right here? Nah. Sit down. She sat down. She ain't paying me no attention. I really won't pay her no attention. But I'm in the strip club. I'm curious about the hoes' lives. So I start asking questions. We got to rapping for a little bit. She telling me how she just started working here not long ago. Just moved to Houston from Vegas. This and that. Boy, if there's one thing I'm upset about is that I ain't asked Shiki. Baby, what, what, what's the real price? What's the real price for you to come home with me? Because I would go back to see her tonight. Except she going to Miami. Baby says she going to Miami by this time tomorrow. But she said by this time tomorrow, I'll be in Miami. It's like 11, 12 o'clock at night. She getting that BBL, nigga. She getting surgery. She getting that BBL, nigga. She getting that BBL, nigga. And then she said she going to come back to Houston, recover for a few months, get back in the club, save enough money to go back to Vegas. Because you know they ain't got V's in, in Cuba. V's is pronounced with a B. La Havana. Not Havana. I'm my American ass Havana. La Havana. Then she going back to Vegas. Open up her business and this and that shit. Cool little bitch. But the thing that kind of threw me off about that club, and that's short, and that's kind of what Shorty was telling me before we did a little private dance. Because we was talking. Then after a while, I was like, well, shit, we've been talking. I like kicking it like. Let's go do a dance right quick, like for sure. But I was telling her, I was like, yo, how y'all be making? I was like, this ain't a ones club. Cause the shit was packed. This shit was packed. It closed at two. It opened at 11 and 12. Not eight, not 11 and 12 p nigga. Shit opened at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, I think. And Saturday and Sunday, it opened at 12, noon. But it closed at 2, which was kind of trash. But I went in that bitch at like 10. It was packed. It was packed. And I had plans to go to a different. To, I, had, I had plans to, to strip club bar hop that night, to club hop. But I ain't club hop. I just stayed there and was kicking it with my little Cuban hoes. But it was packed. It was hella women. Full of, full of all kind of niggas, a bunch of Spanish cats. I was maybe one of three or four niggas in there. Couple Indian niggas, Asian niggas, shit like that. But wasn't a whole lot of throwing money up in there. What no? And I was like, so I was asking her, I was like, y'all, I was like, this ain't a ones club, huh? Like the girls, like they might dance on stage, but they not going, like they really not doing nothing. Like I threw, I took out a hundred, I took out a hundred ones and I think I still got like maybe 50 on me. The 50 that I spent was probably on three or four girls. If that. Maybe it was just three. Because some of them would get up there and twerk a little bit. And I'm like, all right, y'all actually putting in some work on the pole so I can appreciate it. But a lot of the hosts was in there just not doing it. Like, that, they make their money off dances, private dances and shit like that. And, uh... And she was like, "Yeah, this ain't that club." She was like, "She was like the Spanish clubs is, is kind of normal for the, for the Spanish clubs. They don't really throw money. 
that ain't really their thing. She was like, at the black clubs, hip hop clubs, like y'all do that. That's more of y'all thing. She was like, and she was like, really, I don't really like this club because all they play is, you know, Mexican music, Latin music. She was like, she was like, I want to. She was like, when we get to requests, like I want to request. She's like, I always request rap, rap, but they never really play it because, well, everybody in that bitch is is Latin. Everybody in that bitch is Latin. From the way, like, and 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 again, I think probably 80% of them was Cuban. And and again, this shit was deep. Like, it had holes in that joint. It was deep. Uh, but yeah, guys, I done fell in love with the strip club. I done fell in love with the strip club. I want to go again. AT&T, why is it Sunday and y'all just now apologizing, nigga? Don't be apologizing about no outage on Sunday. You should have apologized on Friday. Whole ass niggas. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was just a it, it was it, it was really great. But like I said, it didn't. It was weird because I was like, damn, I want to throw money, but it don't feel necessary to throw money because a lot of y'all hoes really ain't dancing. Like y'all's whole thing is just y'all on the stage just going through the motions. Y'all just hitting the rotation because you got to hit the rotation. But y'all really. Y'all try to float around and get these dances. But it's like, damn, baby. Like, make me feel like you having fun. Like, I, I'm going to throw money if it look like you having fun. If it look like you having some fun at work, I'm going to throw money. Because it just looked like you having fun. And maybe that's fucked up because you really looking like you low-key miserable up there on the stage. And maybe that should be a reason why I should throw you some money because it might brighten up your mood a little bit, but... When it look like you miserable, you ain't really doing nothing. So it made me feel like, uh, bitch ain't working. <laughs> you feel me though? Like she ain't working. She ain't working. Um, so yeah, I'm just sitting there like, yo, like help, like baby, trick me. Trick me so I can trick on you. Make it look like you having fun. Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know what strip club I'm gonna go to. Maybe I might go. I might go tonight. I might pop in there tonight for a couple hours. I don't know. I might do it. I might pop in there tonight for a couple hours, uh, or maybe I'll just wait until next weekend. I might just wait until. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll just wait until next weekend. I'll wait till next weekend actually. Oh, uh, but yeah, guys. Anyways, my camera is about to die. My camera is about to die. Uh, Chicas locas. Locus, if you're in uh, Houston and you like Spanish women and you really love Latin music and and Mexican music and shit like that, it's a club you you, you definitely want to go to because they had some they had some pretty women in there, they had some thick women in there, some average looking women in there, some good looking women. Man, I ain't gonna lie, Shiki, I just I was just fucking with her. She 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 looked alright too, and she had some. She had some pretty cool tattoos, and she had this one tattoo. I don't know what it was, but that shit went right across her pussy with some with some wings. Nigga, I wanted to see that tattoo. I can't believe I didn't ask her what the, what what the price was hitting for, because I should have brought her to the crib. I fucked up. I really fucked up. Uh, but man, this one chick, she was she was low key a petite little joint. Like she had a nice little ass on her for her size, but she was petite. She was like, and it won't. She won't like slim thick. Like she was a petite little joint, but she had a nice. But boy, she was sexy. She was sexy. She had a, the nigga. It was me sitting on one side of the little stage. 
uh, three older Spanish cats sitting on one, uh, sitting on the other side of the stage. They just drinking their beers. They just kicking it. Uh, a couple of niggas sitting behind the stage, like right there. We all right there sitting uh, at chairs around the stage, whatever the case. But that little bitch had us locked on her. She was a, I don't know what it was, but her little ass was sexy, boy. Oh, she was sexy. Like I said, nice little ass on her. Not even fat, but it just looked nice on her. Small little titties. Might have been an A cup or some shit like that, but good God, that little, that, that little bitch was sexy, man. That little bitch was sexy. Woo. But, all right, guys. This has been a long pod. This has been a long pod. And really, it's the average length, but I spent a lot of time on two topics. So hopefully that didn't bore the living shit out of you guys. <laughs> but we're going to get out of here with the Dirty Mackin song of the week. This has been my song of the motherfucking week, boy. Hey, love. Say you need someone I'm fighting for you, you Jack I'm fighting for you, Jack I love you all It's kind of funny, buddy I don't think you have to look no further Because I'm right here And I'm ready To do all the things you man to do Tell me what kind of man Would treat this woman so cold you're nothing when you're worth more than gold girl to me you're like a diamond i love the way you shine a hundred million dollar treasure i give the world to make you mine i'll put a string of pearls right in your hand make love on a beach of jet black sand outside in the He would not And some he never knew Would get you high Nothing is forbidden When we touch Baby I wanna do All of the things You men won't do